0: Trent Conn and LaShawn Daniels with you today. Locked on Hawkeyes. We talked to the former Hawkeye running back about how we fix this offense with the bye week. What a bye week look like for Iowa football. Plus, we'll get a former player perspective on the Michigan cheating today. Locked on You are locked on Hawkeyes. Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On
1: Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: I'm Trent Condon, he's LaShawn Daniels, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us and watch us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code College for $20 off your first purchase. Well. LaShawn, we are, well, nearly a week past the devastating loss in Kinnick Stadium to Minnesota. I was there at that one. The celebration in the stands was incredible, immaculate on the Cooper de punt return. It was one of the best moments in certainly Kinnick Stadium history. I have been to, oh boy, hundreds of games now uh, throughout my life, starting as a little kid all the way through college, and I have been there for some big moments. I was there for basically any big win that you can think of. And that moment was something incredible. You know, one thing that I've talked about, you look back and beat Tennessee in 2008. Well, that was a game where Iowa, you know, pretty good and won on a walk-off, beating Michigan, number two-ranked Michigan in that epic game. It was a goal. This was on a punt return, and though it wasn't a walk-off, we hadn't seen a play like that with what 90 seconds to play in the football game, and then it's taken away on a technicality. And the thing that infuriated me most, I think, was after we heard Monday from the director of officiating for the Big Ten, Bill Carollo, and he said, Well, if you look at the field level, yeah, it doesn't look like he's waving, but if you look at the aerial view, to paraphrase, that's where you can see the arm movement. Well, these players were not levitating. They play at field level, Ashawn. and that just took me to another level. But I'll let you uh, have the floor here and your takeaway from just the the punt return and the impact of the officiating crew in that.
1: Yeah, um, obviously that play was just incredible. Obviously, you know, it was what I kind of talked about uh, last week. You know, those games are kind of those those games it's Minnesota. It's always decided by. As especially as of late, like somebody making some big time play late in the game that really obviously swings it, And that was the play. Like that was it right there. I mean, uh, you know, get the ball in your best player's hands, let him go and, and do his thing. And obviously it was electric. see, so we were excited at the house. Uh, mm-hmm. So you saw the <laughs> stands kick was crazy. Um, and for it to get called back for that reason, like if it would have got called back for like, you know, a block in the back or a holding or whatever. Like, obviously, like, okay, tiki-tack, but you can kind of but uh, those type of uh, penalties like you live with, hey, they happen, right, even if they come at the most inopportune times. But to go to the review and obviously review if he steps out of bounds and then come back and say, actually, he made an invalid fair catch signal, so the ball is dead at the spot was just absolutely mind-blowing. It didn't make sense, like, watching on the field. And it wasn't like anybody on the field from both Iowa side or Minnesota side, like, reacted as if, like, he was making a fair catch. You know, like, everyone, like, continued to play along. Like, to come back and say that is just absolutely, um, you know, mind-blowing. And then to come back the uh, following Monday and double down on it, it was, I think it was even crazier because, like, yeah, you don't play football from you know overhead, right? Like you're playing it from a uh, field level and all the players then seem to react as if he was making a fair catch sign or even get like get away sign or, or whatever. Because typically again, um, he's just he's literally just pointing at the ball and obviously showing see the returner or the return team kind of where the ball is at. Typically when people do uh, you know, get away from the ball, it's usually with both hands and then doing something like this or whatever uh so to come back and take that back was just was just brutal obviously um there are more issues of why we didn't win the football game um besides not getting that 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 punt return for a touchdown but for that to happen in that moment was just absolutely brutal
0: after the play's over the uh well the field's getting pelted with some water bottles and the like and uh Phil Fleck brought his team off there i i To be honest, I was surprised that the delay didn't last longer. I mean, that was, it was pretty ugly in there. It really was. And I thought, you know, I think back to when Lane Kiffin took his team for the first time to Tennessee and how brutal that was. And, you know, that was what, almost a half hour delay. And they got it quickly cleaned up. But as he gets settled, all right, here you go. He's still got a minute and a half left to move the ball 15 yards. At least give yourself a chance at a field goal and 20 yards and give yourself a chance at a pretty likely field goal with drew stevens and how good he's been and i just had no hope and that's what we were 12 yards of offense in the second half it's it's frustrating that yes you have that part but then maybe even more frustrating is to not have any hope that your offense can pick up 15 yards and that's where we are with this offense and just there's nothing there deacon hill obviously does not have the ability to be accurate enough to be a big ten quarterback and we continue to see that. So I that that was the frustration for me then and probably built on top of the frustration of the call is you just had no hope. No hope that you could get a first down and at least give yourself a shot.
1: Yeah. I mean it's just absolutely devastating that we're even that we're at that point. I mean, like yeah, you you meant you you hit it on the head. I see yeah it gets called back. But I mean where you're in prime position um to you know get into a position where he can kick a field goal um, and, you know, win you that football game. And to be at a point where you can't move the ball, can't convert a first down, or you can't even complete a pass, like like these are things that uh, you would expect trouble with in, like, Little League football. Uh, Definitely not (laughs) at the Big Ten uh, level, especially for a team that's trying to compete for a Big Ten championship. So it's Extremely, extremely frustrating. But I mean, it's something that we we've touched on on this pod. Other people have touched on it. Like, if right now, if we're in a situation where it's an obvious passing down situation, like it's just like there's really like nothing that we can do uh, at the moment. Obviously, who knows? I don't know how good or bad the play calling is because it doesn't matter because we can't complete. We can't yeah. even complete a pass anyway to even see like what what it potentially even looks like. So um you know it's it's super frustrating to to be at this point obviously uh the players are frustrated and the coaches are frustrated but um like obviously like at some point like something something's got to change some type of you gotta you gotta do something right you can't keep um doing the exact same thing week in and week out and and rolling with the same people week in and week out at at different positions and you know expecting a a a different result because again it's we're halfway through the season over halfway through the season at this point. And like at this point in time, like teams have kind of established what their what really, what their identity is. And Iowa has really established theirs over the last two years. So to be, to be at this point, it's, it's super frustrating. And, um, you know, who knows what the, what the building looked like uh, this week. I know it's probably not good. Definitely. Whenever you lose a rivalry game, let alone to Minnesota, it's not a good time in the building. So who knows, maybe it'll spark some, spark some change uh, come next week, but you know I wouldn't necessarily hold out that much hope for it. So.
0: Well, we're going to try to figure out what to do to fix this offense, or at least make it palpable at this point in time and get it better. And, quarterback change, doing some different things. We'll talk about LaShawn, what they do in the bye week also for Iowa football. I think that's important. Next week, next Friday, we will be live at the Wrigleyville Hawkeye Bar. It is Merkel's in Wrigleyville. We'll be broadcasting live at about 2 o'clock. Stop on out, hang out with LaShawn and myself. We'll be there. And uh, also a lot of great things happening. Barn Tom Brewing. LaShawn, I got to show you some of this stuff. Now, are you a beer guy? Do you like boot or, or do you like something else? What do you like when you're having a cocktail?
1: So I've really been big on, uh, tequila as of late, um, but you know, I, I, I enjoy beer. Um, I enjoy, you know, obviously like relaxing with the beer and when I'm just like chilling, uh, obviously like enjoying some sports, some games, like that's usually like where, what I would go to. And, um, so like my mother-in-law, like she lives like basically like on the Wisconsin border. So they bring like a bunch of spotted cow, which I enjoy quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty versatile, but like if I'm chilling and, and whatnot. Like, usually I have a beer, but if I want a cocktail, definitely something like a tequila
0: in it. <laughs> well, we're going to have to have you try a, a couple of these beers that we're going to have there with Barntown. Uh, some really good ones. My wife's favorite, and I really enjoy it too. They have this peanut butter and jelly beer, and it sounds crazy, hmm. right? Like, how can <laughs> okay. you make that in a beer? It's yeah. it wild. It tastes like peanut butter and jelly. It's so good. I plan on having a couple of those. We're going to be having a great time again. It's at Merkel's two o'clock. We'll start. We'll be hanging out throughout the day though. Stop on by there. I'll be doing my radio show until 1 o'clock, and then uh, we'll do Lockdown Hawkeyes live from Merkel's in Wrigleyville. Saturday morning, obviously, the place to be before the game if you're making your way to Wrigley or just going down for the party. Make sure to hang out and stop by Merkel's and hang out with LaShawn and myself. We continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, trying to figure out how we're going to fix things. We'll do that as we continue in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, fit for all times, Whether you're looking to cut out alcohol of your life or just for a night, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your ability to be at your best to enjoy great and a beer. Award-winning, over 25 gold medal awards, beating out full-strength beers, great tasting, 15,000 five-star reviews, and less than 0.5% ABV. Options for everybody out there. That's what Athletic Brewing does for you. You can get involved with Athletic Brewing as well. Go to athleticbrewing.com. Make sure you enter the code locked on. That's going to get you 15% off your first online order or find a store near you at athleticbrewing.com. And again, that promo code is locked on to get 15% off your first order. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Game Time and the Game Time app. Well, there is lots going on. Maybe you're thinking about making your way to Wrigley next week. What you want to do is hop aboard with our friends at Game Time. Game Time, you don't have to worry about buying those tickets for your next big event. Game Time, it's fast and easy with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and I love this part of it. views from your seat. And their best price guaranteed. You can view the seat before you buy it, know exactly where you're going to be. And at a place like Wrigley Field, made for baseball, but football being played there, you want to see exactly what that view of the football field is going to be. This is the place for you. And the all in prices show you your total upfront. Don't have to worry about all those hidden fees. You know you're getting a great deal. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Zone deals, you can pick the section and Game Time picks the seats with an average 18% savings and the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. You will find tickets in the same section. Roll for less, Game Time's going to credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and make sure you use the code Locked On College That gets you $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, and redeem code Lockdown College L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E. Lockdown College for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Trent LaShawn back with you again here on Locked On Hawkeyes. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. LaShawn, as we continue, we're trying to figure out how to fix this. And you start at the quarterback position. Deacon Hill just doesn't have it I mean it's as simple as that the accuracy is not something that can be corrected in a quick manner and because of that it feels like there needs to be a change and reading between the lines of what Kirk Ferentz has said here and what we've heard from different people on the Iowa Beat Scott Dockerman's mentioned this before on my radio show that Joe Labus just makes a lot of mistakes he kind of wheels and deals and doesn't do what they want and you know as well as anybody LaShawn You have to practice well to play at Iowa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, a big part of it. Obviously, like if you're not, um, you know, showing that you can perform at a high level in practice, uh, really the coaches they they don't have the confidence to actually go out there and, and put you in the game, like no matter how talented you may be. And as frustrating as that is to hear from, um, you know maybe a fan perspective obviously it's frustrating here from a player's perspective but like it obviously like makes sense because see if uh your coaching staff doesn't have confidence in you like you're gonna go out there and you might not be able to play at you know your most high level uh, that you can and so obviously they don't want to put you in that type of situation but uh, when you're at this point <laughs> in time at the offense um and see deacon has struggled with accuracy and it's not like he's like a crazy dual threat quarterback where, you know, you can, you can make things happen um, with your legs. So you can, so you kind of live with, live with maybe not having the most accurate quarterback. It's just like, we're, we're not even, we're not really even moving the chains um, at all. So I don't know. I mean, obviously it, it's easy for me to sit here and say like, yeah, we should go. <laughs> to the other guy um, and see, we'll see what they can do. But see, I, I understand it from the coaching perspective. Like if, they can't go out there and they can't execute and practice against, you know, maybe it would, whether it is the scout team or maybe it's against the, the second string uh, defense. Like how can I have confidence to to actually put them in the in the game?
0: So well, Sean, we saw a few years back, Tyler Goodson was used in the wildcat and it was relatively successful. I think they averaged over five yards a carry when they were running out of that formation, same kind of thing here. A question, you have three running backs. I think that we, all think are pretty talented with Caleb Johnson, Jazzy on Patterson and LaShawn Williams. So you got three different guys. What would it hurt to put in a package like that with the bye week here? Is that something that's even plausible? Say they haven't practiced it much or, you know, it's something that maybe they did for uh, an hour in August, but that's it. Is that something that you can implement? Is that something that you can put in here with the bye week that Iowa could do that and, and run it for 8, 10, 12 plays coming up on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that they could do. I mean, again, Iowa typically uh, all the time has smart football players that are going to be able to grasp uh, concepts and, you know, little changes pretty quickly. And, like, it's not like you have to do anything that drastic from, um, you know, offensive line perspective. You can still run, um, you know, your your basic plays, whether you're running, a, you know, sweep or you're running a, a counter or a power uh, from that position. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different for, for the backfield and, you know, depending upon who's the person that's going to be, you know, the quarterback for, for those position for that formation. But it's definitely something that, that they can do. Um, and I feel like at this point they they have to figure out a way to really lean on that position group at this point. Because again, you see, going to the season, tight end room was the was the strongest position group, probably on the offense for sure. And obviously when you lose your your really your top you know, three tight ends, um you know, with the with the third kind of being in and out um a bunch, like it it's it puts a an effect on your offense because you go into the season like planning like okay, we're gonna be these guys the focal point, and now you lose those guys, and now you're looking for okay, where else can we lean on? Where can our identity be? And I would say that the the running back group is as biased as I may sound, is probably gonna be the best uh place for them to be able to lean on. Cause again, we see we we brought in some new guys to the receiver position, but again, a lot of these guys are either uh, they're new to the team or relatively unproven, um, so there's still a lot of work there. And with the struggles they have at the quarterback position, I feel like you gotta, there's got to be ways that we can find to, to lean on the run running back group, and that is a way that we can be able to do that. But who knows? I mean, it's something I'm sure that they may have talked about. I'm sure they didn't have they haven't scrapped it completely, right? It's pretty much the mm-hmm. same offensive staff. It's basically the same offensive staff discipline. So I mean, I'm sure it's something that um, that they could go ahead and do. Um, it just depends like how much they've actually talked about it, how much they've installed it. Cause if they haven't really touched on it or installed it, um, I wouldn't anticipate it, you know, being a, a focal point. But you know, they could, because I remember when in 2016, my senior year, when we got towards later later in the year, and they started putting, you know, me in the backfield and Akram, i like as a receiver to use like for jet sweeps and um get that that fly motion type thing. Um, and that was something that we installed pretty quickly. So Um, I wouldn't be necessarily shocked to see them uh, add Wildcat, but I'm not going to necessarily hold my breath for it either.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. And something needs to be done, though. And we talk about quarterback. We talk about installing something, doing something different there. It's got to be better. And these final four games are all very winnable. They're also very losable, too. And Iowa, with these ineptitude offensively, they can lose any one of these games. So, what is an off week like typically for an Iowa football player? Is it an opportunity? Do they, you know, give some more run to the young guys? Is it just heal? And certainly, we can tell this team definitely needs that point that they need some healing up. What's it normally like, at least when you were playing during the bye week for the Hawkeye player?
1: Yeah. um, First off, like if you were, if you were, uh, the starter, Lacey, listed as the one guy on the depth chart. Uh, you didn't really practice. You you use that time to to heal. You would do a little bit of conditioning. Um, you would do uh, some individual drills. Just some really really light light uh, work, just to let your your body up to this point kind of recover and and um, you know get rid of any ailments that you might have up to this point. Any sore ankles or sore. Uh, soft tissues or shoulder shoulders, anything like that, to really let you recover. And then for guys that maybe uh, second on the depth chart, uh, you are going to get a decent amount of work uh, this week, just to again help keep you as sharp as possible for when you have to step into a starting role or you are expected to get more reps, maybe as the, as you get to the last part of the season. And then, but really, it's. Uh, Specialized for a lot of your developmental guys, so um, maybe like your 2B your guys in the depth chart or, um, you know, your your freshmen or your guys that don't really play as much. This is an opportunity for them to get a lot of a lot of work. So I would anticipate um, that, uh, you know, some of your uh, quarterbacks on the lower depth chart are going to get a ton of reps. Uh, a lot of your offensive linemen that don't start are going to get a bunch of reps this week. Um, and that's really what the bye week looks like from our, our perspective. And you don't really spend too much time prepping for the next opponent. Like it'll be stuff that you'll kind of talk about a little bit in meetings, but it's not like a full on uh, preparation uh, game week type deal. Uh, it's really used as an opportunity to let your starters uh, recuperate and get your uh, second string, your developmental guys. Um, more up to speed because now you have the opportunity for the rest of the position coaches to spend a lot more time with them. Whereas, you know, your starters can spend a little bit more time with the strength staff and the, um, trainers.
0: So, that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, we roll through here on lockdown Hawkeyes. LaShawn, well, I got to get your perspective on this Michigan deal because <laughs> on the surface initially it felt all right, what's the big deal? Who cares? And then, Boy, just more and more stuff continues to come out. We'll talk about that. And of course, time to make our picks. We'll do that as we continue Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, pick more or less. On two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks, it's super easy to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So got it up here and taking a look at the NFL on Sunday. This is what I came up with. Tua cut up this week. His number of passing yards, 278 and a half. Against that stingy Patriot pass defense, I'm going to take less on that one. Damian Pierce, they go to Carolina. I think the Texans running back goes less than 53 and a half rush yards. T.J. Hawkinson, let's throw a little Hawkeye love in there. A couple of Hawkeye tight ends here. 54 and a half is the number. I'm going less than that. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game in Green Bay. And we wrap it up with Noah Fant, 17 and a half receiving yards. Let's go more than that. You put those four together, you hit all four, that is ten times the amount that you put in there. And they also have flex pay. If you hit all four correct, playing that way, you get five times your money. If you only hit three of the four, you still get one and a half times your money. Absolutely great stuff there with Prize Picks. So go right now to prizepickscom slash college. And make sure you use the code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college. and use code college for that first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Trent LaShawn back with you one final time on the lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And before we get into our picks for the week, LaShawn, and we have a new leader on the board. we got to make sure we mention that <laughs> one. I think you can uh, understand who's leading now our season-long contest. Let's go and uh, get your perspective on the Michigan science-stealing scandal. I guess it's a scandal because initially I'm like, who cares? It's so weird that you can legally, if you will, steal signals in-game, but you can't do it before the game. And And to think that teams don't do that and don't do that from the TV broadcasts or the all twenty-two that they get that there aren't some people and some teams out there trying to do that. I just said, man, this seems much ado about nothing. And then kind of the deeper you go as you see just how elaborate this crazy scheme was.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be quick, but this was this is wild. Like uh they got um you know uh like recruiting interns and uh GAs and all this stuff going to you know different games and recording uh you know, their, their sidelines and the signals that they're doing and the plays that like, correspond to it. Um, And, you know, coming up with, like, com- big laminated sheets that are ready for game day. And, like, you know, you got this guy, like, standing next to, uh, you know, your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, like, hey, this is this is what they're running, so on and forth, so forth. I think it, which is insane. Like, yeah, obviously it's different if you get that stuff from, you know, film study in the All-22, but All-22, it doesn't – you, you can't really see the, the sidelines um, that much unless you go to like the extremely like wide view. And most of the time, like if it's the teams at home, like they're gonna be on the back of the side of the camera. So you're not even gonna be able to see their signals. So um, yeah, the, the, the way that this has came out, I think is absolutely insane. Um, obviously like for for us in, in Iowa, it wouldn't have been you know that big of a deal because a lot of our audibles and things were done at the line of scrimmage. We see like we do signal uh plays in but a lot of the a lot of the times especially like when we were um with cj like a lot of that stuff ended up getting uh checked to something um or making some type of sort of change so it wasn't the exact same thing that they're that they were getting but yeah the way that this is now especially with the amount of teams that do the check with me's from the sidelines like yeah it's a little it's a little crazy i'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie so um I'm interested I'm interested to see like how this is gonna end up playing itself out
0: and see kind of what is going to be the repercussions for Michigan. And, well, Jim Harbaugh, he's probably going to be now in your stomping grounds in Chicago next year. Coaching <laughs> Bears, and, and he'll be out of there and won't have to deal with those uh, repercussions. Yeah. Let's get into our picks for this week. Uh, a little bit different look. Obviously, we don't have the Iowa game to take a look at. But five games this week, each and every week, I have regained the lead after I went 3-2 and two last week. And uh, the three picks that we agreed on, we went one and two combined. Of course, that's the way that it normally goes if if he gets some agreement there. Let's kick things off. It is the big noon kickoff on Fox, Oklahoma. They're a 10-point favorite at Kansas, and the t box is mine this time. I'll lead things off here. I like the Jayhawks. I know Bean is now the quarterback. Daniels is still banged up, and he's such a difference maker. But last two years, Leopold's teams have played really well against the Sooners. I think that continues here. I think the Jayhawks keep it snug. Give me Kansas plus the 10.
1: Yeah, i was thinking the exact same thing. Uh I feel like they're gonna be able to keep it close. It's gonna be a great environment. And the fact that I see that they coming off a bye, right? They've had you know additional time for just guys in general on the team to, to get healthy and, and prepare for this game. And yeah, you you hit it on the head. Like right? this seems like this seems like the game where uh you know Oklahoma could potentially lay a lay a dud. I don't think that they will, but I do think that Kansas will definitely be able to keep this close, kind of the same in the same deal the way that UCF did uh, last week.
0: Game number two, you lead things off here. It is the cocktail party down in Jacksonville. Georgia, two-touchdown favorite against Florida.
1: Yeah, uh, Florida's been see, a confusing team this entire year, um, and Georgia has been at times, but... Because the one time that I went against Georgia and they ended up beating Kentucky by like forty points, uh, I know better than to go against the the dogs. And so for that reason alone, that's why I'm sticking with uh, Georgia on this one.
0: You know, Georgia when they have some kind of motivation, when they know they have to have their head screwed on, it's one thing. You know, to dink around against Vanderbilt, Florida has shown something. Graham Mertz looks like a completely different quarterback since he got out of Madison, and he's looked pretty good for the Gators. But I think, Georgia, I'm with you. I think they're going to be locked in for this one. I'm also going to take the Bulldogs. We're two for two on the same side. Uh, Let's go into game number three. It is where game day will be this week. Utah playing host to Oregon. The Ducks are a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. There's something about this line that stinks. I I know Utah is limited (laughs) offensively, right? They are a team without... Uh, their quarterback, that just, they're just not the same team. Cam Rising is such a difference maker offensively, but Kyle Whittingham finds a way, and maybe he's kind of taking the throne of, from Kirk Ferentz of just finding a way to pull it out. I'm going to grab the six and a half with Utah. I'm incredibly nervous about it, but just something stinks here. It feels like this should be more like maybe three and a half point spread. Why is it six and a half? Usually Vegas knows something.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, and obviously, uh, every game that they has played this year, they've been phenomenal, even in, the, in that loss against, uh, Washington, like they've been, they've been great, uh, both offensively and defensively. And even though they're going on the road against a really, really tough Utah team that, you know, came off a, a phenomenal win last week. Uh, I, I don't know. There's something about it. That's telling me take the ducks. I mm-hmm. think they've been, they've been strong and I feel like they're going to continue to be strong and and really go out and put a really good performance out. So give give me Oregon on this one. Going with the
0: Ducks, let's go to a little local flavor here with the Hawkeyes on the bye week. Iowa State goes on the road. They travel to Baylor. Cyclones coming off the bye. You go first here. Iowa State now favored by a field goal at FanDuel. This thing opened up. Baylor was the favorite, but apparently taking a lot of Cyclone money this week.
1: Yeah, um <laughs> i'm actually leaning in with the cyclones for for once i feel like that they've uh you know really have hit some 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 of their footing over the last uh, few weeks and obviously they had a buy last week with you get, you get additional time to prepare um and they've they've shown some things uh since that that loss against oklahoma and i really feel like that's gonna continue this week so uh give me the cyclones uh i like the way that they're they're playing as a of-
0: Same side on this one. In fact, this was one of my first bets of the week earlier this week when Iowa State was under a field goal favorite, but you're not going to get that anymore. We're both on the Cyclones in this one. We wrap it up. It's the Buckeyes at the Badgers. And, you know, Wisconsin last week looked dreadful for three quarters. They come roaring back in the fourth quarter to knock off Illinois, including a fat guy touchdown, which I love to see as a fat guy myself, getting the big (laughs) guy in the end zone and proving to be the difference. But, uh the limitations of Wisconsin offensively and just how good that Ohio state defense is. Jim Knowles has been absolutely incredible. I know you see that 14 and a half and that extra hook scares you. Boy, I'd like to have it 14 or even under two touchdowns. I'm just going to lay it with confidence here. Give me Ohio state. I could see this being, you know, uh, a 24 to three type of win 20 to seven, something in that range. Well, that wouldn't be a cover, but I think it's going to be relatively low scoring. I'm going to take the Buckeyes though, and lay the points. <sighs>
1: Yeah, this has potential for – it seems to be another one of those games where it's potential for Ohio State to lay a dud. But that said, their defense has been so good. The way that they played against Penn State last week was just absolutely phenomenal, limited them everywhere, anything that they couldn't – they literally couldn't do anything the entire football game. And you you hit it. The limitations that Wisconsin has on offense and the fact that if they start slow the way that they did last week against Illinois, this game will end up being a runway blowout. So um, because of that, I'm and because of Ohio State's defense, I'm leaning with the Buckeyes on this one um, and I expect them to come out and, and play strong at a high level. So hopefully Wisconsin will uh, play strong and give us a good game. But that's to be determined.
0: All right, so a lot of agreement this week, and uh, we will see how it goes. Our picks presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. LaShawn, we are a week away. We'll see you over in Chicago. Excited about this one. I know the loss to Minnesota put a little bit of a damper on things, but uh, we'll be excited. It's going to be a great time down there. Hawkeye fans together, and a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see the Hawkeyes play in Wrigley Field. Going to be a really, really fun week next week. Looking forward to it, LaShawn.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go Hawks.